0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, and Tags is still gone today, out on vacation. He's going to be back next show, but today's guest is Jake Seeley of Roto Experts and Fantasy Sports Network. You can find Jake on Twitter, at All In kid, and he is never wrong. In fact, he's never lost. Isn't that right, Jake?
1: No, oh, 100, 500%. <laughs> uh, and now, now I know why Tags is out of town, because I'm on the show. That's why.
0: Yeah, he's, he's really nervous that you're going to contradict what he says, and then everyone would automatically like just assume that he was wrong. Yeah, of course. Our accuracy rankings came out earlier this week from last year's draft rankings that 130 experts produced. I thought it might be fun to uh, let you guess where you're going to be on the podcast, and I'll tell you in front of everyone. Where do you, where do you think you ranked, man?
1: For the draft rankings? Yeah. Uh, so what, what have been like 9, 10, 11 around there for the past couple of years? So I'll, uh, I'll say I had a decent year and got to
0: 7th. No, a little bit better than that. Number one, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. When I saw that, I laughed because, I mean, it's just, you know, you've been right around that range for so long, but you finished number one in like all the other rankings. How many times have you finished number one? Like four or five now?
1: Uh, This might be the fourth, I think. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, just, congratulations. It's just, yeah, it's, de- it's definitely a good feeling, I gotta tell you. Were,
0: were you a little nervous? I was going to say like, dude, you finished 55th.
1: No, well, so here's the thing: is like I, 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 definitely. I when you said that, I felt it was good. I don't think you'd bring me on the show, and be like, dude, you suck this year. <laughs> yeah, I just, but the thing is, I actually get more nervous about baseball because it's six months and there's like there's no telling, like yeah, and there's would, so
0: many injuries too, right? and there's it, Max Muncies.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's the that's the issue is you know with baseball last year, so I've. I was first two years in a row and last year, I think it was like 10th or 11th or something like that. I fell back, but the thing was, is, you know, like add Matt Harvey high, Noah Syndergaard high and not that, you know, it's just those type of things. It's like in six months, it's like, all right, now how's this going to affect with football? Because we, you guys have the weekly accuracy, you can kind of see how you're doing engaged throughout the season to be like, you know what? This should be a pretty good year. Baseball is just kind of yeah. like, uh, I have no idea what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I can't wait for the baseball <laughs> ones to come out, but I'm also really nervous about that. I nailed a bunch of them, but then there's, you know, people like Byron Buxton playing through a broken foot, and that just sucks. So
1: Yeah, see, and that's the thing. Is, and you know how it is. It, it's definitely 100% fun, and I love it. and It definitely tells you how, you know, everybody's playing on the same field, so it's definitely telling who's more accurate than everybody else. But as you said with the Buxton, like, I was actually lower on him. So it's funny, like, a perfect example would be like that. I was lower on him, so I'm kind of going to get more of a benefit than you will be being yeah. higher on him just because he got hurt.
0: You know, it's really cool because like one season or especially one week is a small sample size. But when you do it for five straight, eight straight years, whatever it's been, dude, you're at the top of the industry. <laughs> I know that's that's why we have you on all the time. It's good to talk to you. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Uh, today's show is going to be about polarizing boomer bus players. And it's a good thing Tags isn't here because Jake and I both love to talk. And even though it's July 4th, which, by the way, is my favorite holiday, I wouldn't be surprised if we went like four or five hours with this list of names, right, Jake?
1: Uh, well, the fact I got to get to my parents for yeah. a <laughs> second. So, wait, 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 real quick then. So, are you watching the hot dog eating contest?
0: No, I'm not watching that. That's gross, man.
1: That's July 4th, though.
0: I know, but yeah, I'm just going to be hanging out with family and be outside with my boys and stuff and celebrating America. Greatest country ever.
1: All right. You don't have to watch people eat 75 hot dogs in a minute or 10 minutes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Anyway, today's show is brought to you by pristineauction.com. They've got hundreds of lots that end daily on authentic sports memorabilia from only the most trusted sources. And seriously, you aren't going to believe some of the deals that they have on this website. Just from yesterday, Corey Davis signed Titan's full-size helmet for $100, and it is beautiful. It's got a really a cool alternative logo on it. Stefan Diggs signed jersey, $60. Bucks. Joey Bosa signed Buckeyes jersey, $51. And right now they're doing a giveaway. We're going to be giving away a Keenan Allen signed jersey. It's powder blue. And if you go to fantasypros.com contest, you can see this thing. You can see how to enter. All you really have to do, subscribe on iTunes, take a screenshot, rate and review us, and send it to contest at fantasypros.com. You'll be entered for that. All future giveaways that we do. And when you go to Pristine Auction, and please do. They've got something for everybody and really good prices. I'm not kidding about that. Go check out what they have. Let them know Fantasy Pro sent you. That way we can keep doing these giveaways.
1: Hold on. So you said Powder Blue. Can, can we trade? Because I have an Adam Thielen signed one. I had it for a giveaway for On Target. I'd rather have the – can we just trade? Like I just set your mind
0: mine. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Keenan Allen is a better football player. What do you think about Adam Thielen? Because I had Jason Moore on the show yesterday, and he actually finished number three in this. And he was nice. telling me he likes Adam Thielen more than Stephon Diggs.
1: All right, so this is very interesting because I have an article coming out tomorrow for people listening. It'll be July 5th, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. And I, I was looking at the four main quarterbacks Smith, Keenum, Cousins, and Tyrod Taylor moving to new teams and what their target distribution, their accuracy, and their yards per attempt mean for their new teams. And obviously, I dug into that with Kirk Cousins, because we know Kirk Cousins does really well with his slot receivers. And so, I, I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Is people are, a lot of people are out there saying, well, Adam Thielen is better in the slot, and if Kendall Wright wins the job, that's going to be bad news for him to push him outside. We hope Ken, uh, Laquan Treadwell wins the third job. And so, I wanted to dig into that. It's like, is this just you know, a narrative? Or is this true? And I dug into this. And the funny thing is, is that Stefan Diggs, while playing a lesser percentage by far of his snaps out of the slot, had a better yards per catch and a better catch rate than Thielen did. And Thielen actually had a better catch rate and better yards per catch on the outside, despite the fact that, like I said, Thielen played almost twice as many snaps out of the slot. So I got to tell you, I don't, know who I like more I'm almost I'm almost at the point now with finding that information out which I'll just take whoever is cheaper in a draft Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and it's Diggs right now which is uh, kind of bizarre to me because Diggs had more fantasy points per game and he was playing hurt now I get it he's a little more injury prone than Thielen but Pat Shermer's gone too and that's a big deal
1: that, that is a big deal. It'll be very, and that's the thing too. As this is what the original reason I dug into this is because of Kirk Cousins in and of himself. Because everybody's like Kirk Cousins. Look at his number. He's definitively better than Case Keenum. And we know his numbers are better. We know he's going to increase the pie and make everything go up for the team as a whole. But I want to say, okay, well, what does this actually mean for Thielen? What does it mean for Diggs? What does it mean for Kyle? Like, and that's that's why I I came up with this article. I think it's a, it's a really good tell.
0: I'm looking forward to reading it, Jake. I like all your stuff, and uh, I'll tell you what it means to me. I'm drafting Kyle Rudolph because he turned— <laughs> Kirk Cousins turned Niles Paul into a fantasy monster. You remember I've, that? I have so
1: much Kyle Rudolph because every time yeah. he's there in the eighth round—
0: And all the other tight ends suck now that Hunter Henry's gone.
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing. You're overdrafting— uh, Jimmy Graham for touchdown purposes. Uh, You have the concern of Evan Ingram with a healthy Odell Beckham. And that was one of the things, too. I was looking at uh, Eli Manning. He had one of the highest rates for tight ends. Well, obviously, he had no Odell Beckham last year. I do think that... Everybody's always like, oh, there's only so much to go around. You have to take part of the pie and all that type of stuff. That's a little bit of a misnomer because the pie can get bigger. Eli Manning can go from what he did last year and increase it by 500 yards and 5 to 10 touchdowns. You're right. The pie gets bigger. But at the same time, we do have concerns about Evan Ingram, even if it does get bigger. Greg Olson looked toast last year, despite the fact, even before he got hurt. And then he seriously said, I mean, he was almost in the booth. When anybody's that close to retirement, that worries me a little bit
0: and then he had a huge week so i don't know what to do with him
1: right so you have Gronk Kelsey and Ertz and then like you said it's just kind of there's everybody else so i'll just take Kyle Rudolph in the eighth
0: and Gronk is so injury prone that like i i just can't i can't draft him ahead of Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz with what they are now but i don't want to reach for those guys so yeah same same for me i just keep getting Kyle Rudolph over and over and over again and i'm okay with that all right, so uh, let's jump into these polarizing boomer bust players. We'll just go position by position. I've got three of them laid out for you at quarterback. Let's start with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I'm I'm looking at the rankings right now, and uh, the experts have, have Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit higher than I do, but I can understand why they have it there. But I'm looking at the specific experts, and all the Yahoo guys have them at the top. And that's how ADP is going to be built because they're going to see those Yahoo rankings that come in, and they're going to draft based on those. I think Jimmy G is going to be drafted around QB7. I have him like QB 15. Where do you have him, Jake?
1: Yeah, I have him lower as well. And the fact is, when it comes to Garoppolo, I think too many people are caught up in what the team and the wins and what that did to people instead of the fact of what did Jimmy Garoppolo really do? Yes, he had some good yardage. He definitely had some good yardage. At the same time, six touchdowns and five interceptions in five starts.
0: Against bad teams.
1: Right. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, okay, Jacksonville is mixed in there at the Rams, but Tennessee, Chicago, they're mixed in there as well. We're throwing out, obviously, the two attempts that he had against Seattle, the one touchdown. I mean, if you want to include that, okay, seven touchdowns and five interceptions. It's still – the touchdowns are the concerning part about it because if you go for that, that's where I say, you know, what if he's throwing for 4,000 yards but 24, 25 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. It's going to be – an okay year but in fantasy at this point of where we are and the evolution of fantasy football that's nothing these days
0: he doesn't run whatsoever either he's not going to get you any points there
1: there's there's not and if you look at his wide receivers I'm a huge Pierre Garçon fan especially for his value this year because if you like Garoppolo you have to like Garçon uh, but you know even with so Goodwin and Garçon is definitely in the bottom half of the league when you talk about top duos for wide receivers for their teams and I know all the excitement about George Kittle and all this stuff. I still don't know how this team is going to use him. I could see him being a top 10 tight end. I could see him being a bust just because the final two weeks of the season, he only got half the snaps mixing in with Selleck and Logan Paulson. Those two guys, seriously. And the fact is, if you look at it, you're talking about Selleck coming off an injury and they still gave him almost 50% of the snaps that final week. So I, I, I don't know where it 's going, and I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo is all of a sudden going to jump up to 4500 yards and 35 touchdowns, which would get me a lot excited, but I, but I, you just we don't have that. We have the winning, but we don't have the fantasy performance, so i'm awful i don't mind him, and I wouldn't mind drafting him in a Matt Ryan because you want somebody with the upside and then somebody for a safe floor in case he does bust. But the problem to your point is everybody's drafting him like near the top 10 quarterbacks, and that's insane to me.
0: I think Matt Ryan has a higher ceiling as it is. Um, and I will say this for Jimmy G. He's got Shanahan and Shanahan just produced one of the greatest quarterback seasons in a long time with Matt Ryan. I think people forget just how good and efficient he was. Um, you know, and he also was just learning the playbook. He hopped in and he did that, um, with sub quality wide receivers, in my opinion. Um, and he still got those wide receivers. So it doesn't really change anything, but here's the, here's the results. Okay. In those five weeks, he was the quarterback. He was the QB 10. You're going to draft him above QB 10? I mean, here's the guys who played better than him. Stafford, Alex Smith, Joe Flacco... Philip Rivers, Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston.
1: <laughs> hey, Bortles won championships at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: he sure does. <laughs> Man, I started in my big league in the championship game, and I was so nervous. And, you know, I had Todd Gurley, too, who scored like eight touchdowns, so I didn't have to worry about Bortles. But he did great.
1: I will say this, and this is the toughest part,
0: and, you know, it's always fun to, you know, it's,
1: it feels great being number one, but it's that's the that's the biggest question position I have every single year as quarterback because I'm even looking right now, and I always rank to my project. And my eighth-ranked quarterback down to 20-ranked quarterback is separated by 20 fantasy points. That's Exactly. You know, that's five touchdowns.
0: So who who do you find yourself getting at quarterback in most of your drafts so far?
1: Uh, So far, I've actually ended up with a ton of Matthew Stafford, who's just disrespected every single year. And I'm in drafts where he's going as the 15th quarterback off the board at the end of drafts because people are pulling up Patrick Mahomes. They're pulling up Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they're, you know, it's always this this next great thing. And guess what? Matthew Stafford is top eight just every single year. So, yes, he is. You know, if you'll take him. And then the other one, a lot of shares of, actually two others, is one is Cam Newton seems to be slipping back. But that's mostly experts. Like, everybody listening, if you're in your home league, Cam Newton's not making it to the seventh round. He's <laughs> yeah. not. But at the seventh, eighth round, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'll take Cam Newton if Carson if Carson West is still there I'll take him but the biggest two are Stafford and then of course Philip Rivers nobody ever drafts Philip Rivers nobody ever wants Philip Rivers but it, I wrote this in an article I don't know if you saw this Bobby in the past decade Philip Rivers hasn't finished as the top 10 quarterback once and he's finished inside the top five three times
0: wow wow that's really impressive it's like Drew Brees light
1: yeah and nobody ever wants him nobody yeah. wants Philip Rivers ever
0: Ah, oh, man, that's interesting. Yeah, there's so many good quarterbacks and I- I'm, I'm in the same boat. I keep finding myself getting Cam Newton or Russell Wilson in these expert drafts. And then when, when I do, did a draft against my buddies, they were all taken by like round four. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that-, that
1: never happens. Yeah. I got, I got to Shaw Watson in an expert's draft the other day in the ninth round. I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a big surprise. I still wouldn't take him there, but to see him there, that's, uh, that's really something. He's usually gone in the fourth. Um, you mentioned Pat Mahomes. He's a polarizing Boomer Bust player. Are you completely off him too? I've got him at QB 20.
1: Uh, I'm higher than you are. I do, and mostly because of the rushing ability. I have him at 14. But again, and now okay. we're talking. I mean, now we're talking about the difference between 14 and 20 is 10 points. So it's even a smaller gap. And then now we're talking about two and a half touchdowns. So the fact is, you know, that's all it takes. It's a few extra touchdowns, two or three touchdowns, and you're going to jump five to 10 spots at the quarterback rankings. That's why I was making that point. If they're so tough, and but the, it goes to the point of waiting on quarterback and. The interesting thing, though, is I will say this as a quick sidebar, is it's the top seven, I think top five or seven quarterbacks. Somebody tweeted this out earlier this week and said that there's a break from those top five or so, we'll say five, to everybody else where you group all these guys, but if you do get one of those top five, you can get a leg up, but you still don't want to take them aside the first three rounds. Um, For Patrick Mahomes, I have him higher, and I do have him higher than Garoppolo, too, because if both of the guys break out, you said it about Garoppolo, and I just said it about Mahomes. What's going to be the difference is Mahomes can run for 300 plus yards and give you two or three rushing touchdowns. That's not going to happen with Garoppolo, and that's the real difference here. Is you have similar players, I would argue, and I think a lot of people would agree that Mahomes has a better weapon set around him, and Big time. is a huge arm. Uh, both of them have similar risk. I think actually Mahomes has the bigger bust risk. Obviously, he's got one game under his belt, but it's that rushing ability that gives the edge for me.
0: You know, the, uh, the Chiefs, I actually think have a worse defense too. So he could be airing the ball out a little bit more than Garoppolo. You know, Shanahan loves to use those two running backs. I guess Andy Reid does as well. So I can't use that as an argument, <laughs> but you know, I'm looking at other guys, uh, right around him. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, ADP 15, Jimmy G, ADP nine, which is just nuts. He's being drafted ahead of Matthew Stafford.
1: That's insane. That's what, that's what I'm saying is you're buying all the risk, which I always say, you know, hashtag don't buy all the risk if even if he performs what you want him to be you still got no positive return you just drafted him at what he should cost
0: yep yep you're exactly right uh, but players going around Patrick Mahomes Matt Ryan QB14 Marcus Mariota QB19 that that's a risky one too but uh he's got the same kind of upside as Mahomes in my opinion Dak Prescott QB17 and he was a top-ten fantasy quarterback last year even though he was so bad you know what i mean uh, Alex Smith was a top four fantasy quarterback he's going quarterback 21 and he's got a decent amount of weapons in Washington,
1: I gotta say. It, it, will, it depends. Jordan Reed stays healthy. He finally addressed the toe. He had surgery on the toe, so maybe <laughs> we have some hope.
0: Yeah, his shoulder's going to fall apart, or he's yeah. going to get another concussion, or what? who knows. I'm still drafting Jordan Reed at where he's going, because it's just so Well, because you're not
1: paying him. I mean, you're paying yeah. nothing. Here's one for you that else flip it. Who plays more games, Tyler Eifert or Jordan Reed?
0: Oh, Jordan Reed for sure. Tyler <laughs> Eifert's over-under is like two. I'd put Jordan Reed's at like seven.
1: I think that's a good number.
0: Eifert's ADP, I don't remember what it is. I'm not looking at the tight ends right now. I think it's like 11 or 12. He's still sitting up there in the top 12. Like, somebody's going to draft him as their tight end one. I don't have him as a top 20 tight end because, like, we know what we're going to get. He's had one good season, and that was touchdown dependent. Like, are we still drafting Gary Barnage? Mm, no, mostly cuz yeah. he's out of the league. <laughs> I mean, he's not he's not exactly the same as Gary Barnage, but I mean, you get you get my point. It was just one season.
1: Yeah, I, I you're you're not wrong in that. And he's definitely got the athleticism. And the biggest thing it was tight end too is I mean, all it takes is f- like 550 yards and five touchdowns and you're tight end one. I mean, Tyler Eifert could get that in half a season. <laughs> in
0: like four games. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'd much rather take a shot on O.J. Howard or Eric Ebron and, and just see what happens there.
1: Oh, the death of Ebron. I I won't do that. I'll take I for take Ebron. Okay. (laughs) I can't watch that misery on my TV every single week.
0: (laughs) You know, he was a top five tight end the the final, uh, what was it, eight weeks of the season? Six weeks of the season? And then they cut him, and (laughs) yeah, whatever. We'll talk about tight ends in a little bit. Let's finish off quarterbacks, then move on to running backs. Uh, Andrew Luck, where are you drafting him right now, and how much would it change if he actually plays the whole preseason?
1: So, I'm, I, I've ended up with only a few minor shares of Interlock because I feel like everybody's on the same page as me, Is even in these expert drafts. If he makes it to the eighth round where I've already filled up all my positions at running back, wide receiver, and tight end, and then he's there, I'll take the gamble because if you play 16 games, that's... Insane value. I mean, in an experts league, he's going in the fifth round if he plays sixteen games. In your home league, he's going in the third round if he plays sixteen games. If we told you today he's playing sixteen games, that's where he's going to go.
0: He's the QB two, right for you?
1: Uh, if he plays sixteen? Yeah. Mm, I, it's
0: either him or Wilson I, I wouldn't consider anybody else's QB2 at 356 fantasy I know, points the last I know, time he had a full season
1: but I still we don't know if if he plays 16 is he 100% luck I would say that's if, true if you, I'll put it this way if you told me he's playing 16 as of today no issues I would still I would take him fourth I would still take Rodgers okay. Wilson and Brady and then luck and then I would take Cam and Carson and all the rest of them so okay. he would get to fourth um but you said it. It's like if he if he plays 16 and he's 100% and he finishes number 2 would that surprise anybody? Absolutely not. But that you have to bake that in, you know, at the beginning of July. So, uh, I'll have a few shares of him right now because you know what the upside is, but you got to you also need to follow Andrew Luck with a Matt Ryan or a Matthew Stafford at the end of your draft just in case he doesn't even play.
0: I've got him a little bit higher than most people, actually quite a bit higher than most people. And The reason why is um you know, Kirk Cousins is safe, Matthew Stafford is safe. Uh, Philip Rivers is safe. All those guys being drafted right around the same spots as him. Um, but you know, like, if I'm going to draft a quarterback like that, I think the streamers from week to week are going to be right up there with those guys. If you get Andrew Luck healthy, he's a top five quarterback. Pretty much no doubt about it. Um, and so, you know, worst case scenario, I drop him and I play the streamer game anyway. And it's not that much different than Stafford, in my opinion.
1: No, you could do the Strayman game, or depending on if your league is one that doesn't have a lot of teams that draft two quarterbacks, you could do, like I said, you know, still get, wait and get Matt Ryan at the end of the draft. Oh, you know, oh, well, I'll just play Matt Ryan.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Yep. Or, uh, you know, Jameis Winston, who was, if you prorate his stats to uh, 16 games, he was the number two fantasy quarterback, 4,900 yards.
1: Yeah. Did you, did you get that from me?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, mean, I, I heard it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I think tag. I think tag shared that stat once. Oh, so. see,
1: I, I haven't seen anybody else say that. If you take, so if you well, take, we've it, been
0: hyping up. We've been yeah. hyping up Jameis Winston so much for months. Oh,
1: that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I said the same thing. Was for it, he was originally. I had to do bold predictions for all thirty-two teams. Originally, he was my bold prediction for the Buccaneers, saying that this is the year he reaches top ten quarterback stats. and to your point, what I say is, if you take his eleven healthy starts, he got hurt in two Two of them, so you throw those out. If you take those eleven healthy starts and prorate those out, as you just said, forty nine hundred yards, and nobody realizes that, and nobody realizes because look at how many games he had three hundred yards, and he just missed another game by one yard. I mean, he was throwing a ton last year. He was the he was having the breakout people wanted him to have. It's just there wasn't as many touchdowns as people wanted.
0: He was awesome, and he played one game in a hurricane, which basically that one should be thrown out too. I don't know if you remember that game. He had like three interceptions, and everyone's like, "Oh, James Winston needs to lose his job." Yeah, and chill out, people.
1: <laughs> well, he, he he might this year.
0: <laughs> I don't. You really think that he might lose his job
1: off the field? If I mean they they said. Ah, oh, I see they, what you're yeah, saying. Okay, yeah, they're,
0: they're done with him. I think this is the final straw. This is it. This is it, man. You're done. Trade him to the Jags, man. You can have him straight up for Blake Bortles. They were both top <laughs> five quarterbacks in the, in the draft. Uh, they both finished as top two quarterbacks over the last five weeks of the season. So I think that's a fair trade. I definitely think he's better than people realize. Put it yeah, that way. yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, running backs here, and uh, we got to start with Joe Mixon. Uh, I, I remember last season you were excited about Joe Mixon at least early in the preseason. I don't know where you ended up. Seeing that you were the number one expert, I would imagine you moved him down your board a little bit. But where do you stand this season?
1: Yeah, he's pretty much the same spot. I ended up moving him down into the mid RB2 range, and I'm going to keep him there for this year. That was obviously too high for last year, but I think it's a good spot for him this year where, you know, yeah, I started off feeling like he had RB1 potential based on the talent. And. The biggest reason I moved him back is because as we got closer to the season, the team and everybody, the coaching staff up and down the line, was the fact that he wasn't going to get the full workload. They just weren't handing him the ball. They weren't giving him, no matter the fact that they drafted him high, no matter the fact that the talent. So I moved him back. And then also the offensive line concerns, again, obviously didn't move him back enough. But at the same time, they did address the offensive line some this year, especially with the Billy Price addition in the draft. And you look at the backfield, though, you still have to have a little bit of concern because Giovanni Bernard got that contract, so they know that they want to keep him around and what he does. They drafted Walton, which doesn't make a ton of sense for me, especially because he's so much like Giovanni Bernard in the best case scenario for him as a timeshare as the pass catcher. But that being said, you know I think Joe Mixon can break out this year. If he gets out of his own head, see the biggest issue I saw with him last year is very similar to somebody else we're going to talk about in a minute, and I'll make the same comparison for him. Is he tried to do a little bit too much? You know, it's similar to another one. Marquise Lee came out of college and just tried to rely on all of his athleticism and knowing that he was better than everybody else, and not realizing when you get to the NFL, hey, guess what? Not only is everybody as good as you, there's a lot of people that are better than you. You have to be exceptional and you have to be precise. And I think Joe Mixon tried to do too much with every play. Tried to. too much into athleticism instead of taking the blocks that are there, finding the lanes that are there. I think he'll be better this year for sure. But you can't ignore the offensive line and Giovanni Bernard for the second straight year. So I think mid RB two is a fair spot for him.
0: Yeah, Gio Bernard had hundred more snaps than Joe Mixon last year, and he was really good at the end of last season. I know I've said this like three podcasts in a row, so I'm just going to shut up on it. I just want to hear what your take was. Um, so like. Who would you draft over him? Are you like drafting Darius Geis, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Howard, Derek Henry, guys like that?
1: Uh, so yes, on Geis. N- yes, on McCaffrey in PPR, not in standard. Okay. Derek, he- no.
0: Yeah, I'm not drafting Derek Henry for a long time. Let's talk about Derek Henry because a lot of people seem to think that he's like a shoe in to start. And if they hadn't signed Dan Lewis, yeah, he'd be an RB1 for me. But they did sign Deion Lewis, and Deion Lewis is really good. He was an RB1 last season. So where are you drafting Derrick Henry, or is he just on your not-draft list like me?
1: Nobody is ever on my not draft list. That's a, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's it's just he's on my you know you're not getting to me anyway because your price point is not something I ever want to pay. And you know this mm-hmm. is one of those ones where you know we kid and we always we like being right. And I look my fair share of being wrong. You know I was a little too high on Joe Mixon. I, everybody knows me for C J Anderson. There's no question there. He still C J Anderson was
0: good though. He still is
1: good. He's still good, but he's definitely he never was a first round draft pick. Let's put it that way. Okay, was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the fact is when you look at Derrick Henry. This was one of those times where I relished in the ha-ha, I told you so. Because as soon as they moved on from DeMarco Murray, I was like, stop with the Derrick Henry hype. They're going to bring somebody else in to be the timeshare and the pass catching option. Derrick Henry is not the guy. He's not going to be the guy. He, If you give him 20 plus carries in a game, yes, he wears down defenses in the second half. Yes, he's a beast. But there's two issues with Derrick Henry in his own right. So one is not so much his fault. It's just his how he you know, when you're that big of a guy, it's easier to trip you up behind the line of scrimmage. You saw it in college. You've seen it at times in the NFL because you're that tall and that uh, you run that upright to start if you can get hit before the line of scrimmage, what happens sometimes, you get tripped up. People, especially if the defenders are coming low, you just, you don't get your momentum going when you're that big. Think of Brandon Jacobs. Brandon Jacobs also fell down on his own a lot, but <laughs> it's, it's very similar to that. The second part of it is Derrick Henry, instead of just being, guess what? I'm just going to destroy you between the tackles because I have speed, a guy my size shouldn't have, and do that, he tries to bounce it outside too much. I mean, there was a play at the end of last season where he had had a good three yards in front of him, could have get you know kept the game going, could have moved the chains, and instead he bounces outside and loses yard. And it's just why are you doing this? And that's my issue with Derrick Henry, and that's why I think Deion Lewis is a great compliment to him. And I don't have him as such, but it wouldn't surprise me if Deion Lewis finishes with more fantasy points than Derrick Henry.
0: I've got Lewis one spot higher. Jake, for a second, I thought you were saying you had the same body type as Derek. No, King. no. Are, are, you, are you the, are you that? who are, who are you most in line with in the NFL? Are we talking like, uh, like NFL? Who's who's, yeah. who's, who's, who's,
1: who's, <laughs> Who's the most frail NFL player out there? I'm 6'1", 175. I, I, okay. So a, a punter, maybe? Like, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody's 6'1", 175, because I'm pretty sure if you're 6'1", 175, you're getting torn in a half. The, not another team movie, the guy in the end zone when he catches the football, like that would be me. My bodies would be on separate ends of the end zone after the play.
0: What's Tyler Lockett? I think he's about that. He's 5'11", 170.
1: Yeah, but see, they're two inches shorter. Those are yeah. better built.
0: And he's getting torn in half. So yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah. So and yeah, he is getting, he gets hurt a lot. So. <laughs> All
0: right. Next running back here, uh, Rashad Penny. I, I'm really excited about Rashad Penny, but I'm also a little bit worried about Chris Carson because Pete Carroll takes no prisoners. If, if Carroll thinks that Chris Carson is the better running back, Penny will never see the field and he'll probably get cut even though they wasted draft capital on him. See, I, I look at this from
1: so many different angles and it feels like to this point, Rashad Penny is going to be my guy. Like, that's going to be the hill I die on this year. It, it, it's, it's because Rashad Penny, just from a pure talent standpoint, I actually thought he was going to end up like Kareem Hunt last year. And I say Kareem Hunt because I was extremely high on his talent and and he fell in the draft. I thought Rashad Penny was going to fall until like the third or fourth round in the actual NFL draft, and I was calling him this year's Kareem Hunt for that. He didn't, and I think that's telling for a lot of reasons. The Seahawks took him in the first round, people. like Think about if Kareem Hunt went in the first round last year. There's something to be said for that draft capital. I know you said the wasted pick and that he would do that, but at the same time, there's a lot for a team riding when you invest a first round pick on a running back even at the end of the first round and a undrafted or very late round pick which Chris Carson was a very late round draft pick on a running back who for all intents and purposes doesn't have much of a sample. Who we have five games, four starts from Chris Carson? I think people kind of have started to paint a, a better picture of Chris Carson in their mind than what really happened last year. And I think part of it was because of the issues with the Seahawks running game, with the fact nobody was healthy, with the issues of the Seahawks as a whole. And there, it's kind of like revisionist history here. Chris Carson was good, but you're talking about pure talent. It's Rashad Penny. It's not even close. Rashad Penny has a three-down talent.
0: He could be a superstar.
1: He can be. He's as elusive as they come. He knows how to find the end zone. And I know that sounds like something that you can't really contribute as a trait, but there is players that know how to find lanes and find space, and once you're in open field, is avoid those. He can take any play to the house, and the fact is, people talk about the offensive line next. Well, guess what? They traded for Dwayne Brown in the middle of the last season, which helped. They signed DJ Fluker, who is actually 17 out of 77 guards on pro football focus for, for run blocking. Really? Run blocking, not pass blocking. He's abysmal oh, okay. <laughs> He's abysmal in pass blocking, but he's really good in run blocking, and I think that's the part people are forgetting is that, you know what? This offensive line is not as bad as people think it's not okay it's not top 10 it's probably not even top 15 but it, we're not talking about the Cincinnati Bengals from last year so I have a lot I've, I've been taking Rashad Penny in every draft where he's been in the third round and
0: so far that's like a 90 for, I think I don't own him in one league it's like 95 percent ownership wow that's awesome you know and here's the thing too is that uh you know, he's gonna get the goal line carries and there's gonna be a lot of them in Seattle because they're gonna put up points. Their defense is horrible. I don't care what you say. You can at me on Twitter, at Bobby Fantasy Pro. I know that you Seahawks Hawks fans are ready to just blow my head off right now, but um, you know, their their defense is is pretty bad this season. So they're gonna score a lot of touchdowns playing in those shootout games like we saw in the second half last year. And um, you know, he's also gonna get the third down work. They're thinking about cutting CJ Pro
1: and it's you know i feel bad because i'm a cj Size fan when he was coming out of college i said he's like 85 90% david johnson and is it's the best comp you can come out with that, for that but at the same time he can't even stay on the field you know if, if that's somebody that it's just disappointing to see somebody with that kind of talent just riddled by injuries and i mean riddled might even be an understatement his body's just betraying him and it's unfortunate
0: yeah and maybe he'll turn out uh you know go to the jets or something and be be awesome like Alex Collins did with the Ravens or like uh, Christine Michael's going to do with the Colts this year Um, no not really I think there's a chance that he makes the team which is really saying something for uh, for Christine Michael at this point but I want to talk about one of his teammates Marlon Mack apparently he's going to be the full three down back I don't know they're going to use Mixon Himes as well but can he handle this workload are you drafting him and trusting him
1: No, because I don't think he's the true three-down back. I think this is a true committee, and we're in in trouble here because this is the guy I was talking about before where I was comparing the situation with Joe Mixon. You're talking about even worse. Marlon Mack has done this all through college, and I even wrote about that in his draft profile, and he's continuing to do it in the NFL. He tries to do too much with every single play. He doesn't understand that, especially in the NFL, sometimes one yard is a good thing because you know why? It's better than losing two yards while you're trying to dance back there and get more and he does that way too much, and I think the Colts know this, and I think that's why they drafted two running backs. Even if they knew about Robert Turbin's situation, they still drafted two, not just one, they drafted two. Hines is the better pass catcher. Hines is a terrific pass catcher, and I think he could surprise a lot of people, maybe even sneak into some RB3 value in PPR only. The thing is, is Jordan Wilkins is the best all-around running back.
0: He's Alfred Morris, man. I love Jordan Wilkins. I have so many shares.
1: Ah, uh, see, I think he's a little bit better be- better pass catcher than Alfred Morris.
0: And that's where I say it's like Well, yeah, but I mean Alfred Morris had 1600 yards as a rookie. That's
1: that's fair. I don't I don't know if he's definitely not getting to that.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: If Jordan Wilkins leaves this backfield, it wouldn't surprise me. And so I'm at the stance now where I actually have a good amount of shares of Jordan Wilkins because I'm taking the cheapest running back. Actually, it's either Hines because in your typical 16 rounder, Hines is going, but Wilkins isn't in the deeper league Wilkins, but Wilkins will probably start sneaking into 16 rounders.
0: Well, if you're in my draft, I'm taking him before then just to make sure that I get him. So uh, worst case scenario, he doesn't play and you cut him. I mean, that happens and you're going to need to cut someone anyway. So you might as well buy a lottery ticket. I think Wilkins could have a nice season. He could be an RB two if he gets enough touches. Um Let's move on to the next guy. This is someone I've been getting more and more excited about is Marshawn Lynch because he had a ton of yards after contact last year. And their offensive line was bad. Their offensive line has improved. And I know Doug Martin's there. He's going to have to hold him off. And who knows if Marshawn Lynch is going to retire or, you know, go try to play baseball or something. But, um, you know, Marshawn Lynch, if he's on the field, he's been a good running back for a while.
1: Not just good. Uh, People don't realize he was a fringe RB1 in the second half of last year.
0: And yep. yeah.
1: why that matters to me is I, I, I don't ever like to usually like parse things out that much or as we did before with Jameis Winston is you know, project across a full season because you can get caught in that, and you know that can be a trap to do that at times. But with Marshawn Lynch, let's be realistic. He spent a year skittling around the world, you know, not playing football.
0: <laughs> nice use of words. Yeah,
1: I made that a verb with his offseason. <laughs> and then it took some time to get back into the flow of things. And if you looked at it also, his consistent double-digit carries didn't really kick in until the second half. Either. And once he did, he actually averaged 4.6 yards per carry in the last eight games.
0: With that offensive line, wow.
1: So you look at it, I have a lot of Marshawn Lynch because you know where he's going. At least, I don't know, where, where, do you have the ADP for him in fantasy pros? Because I know, at least in my drafts so far, I've been getting in the seventh or eighth round. And I think that's a steal because not only could he be an RB3, even if, just put this, forget the second half, even if only only replicates last year. He was still an RB2. He was 24th.
0: Uh, he's going right now number 31 after Tevin Coleman and Carlos Hyde.
1: See, and I think I think in your most leagues that I've seen so far, he's going even later
0: than that. Yeah, I've got him all the way up at 23. So I absolutely love Marshawn Lynch this year. I'm with you. I'm getting a ton of shares. And really, that just started about two weeks ago when I realized just how good he was. I wish I had more shares in best ball leagues, but Uh, That's not the case. I I don't know. We've got two more months to draw, so I'll get plenty. (laughs) All right. Final running back here that I want to talk about is Aaron Jones. And, you know, we planned on talking about this before the news came out that he was going to be suspended. I I think you were the only expert that came on the show that actually agreed with me that Aaron Jones was awesome last year.
1: (laughs) Explosive. Awesome. But at the same time, I was concerned about Jamal Williams because I was also a Jamal Williams fan. You had to be. That's that's where I thought you were going. And Jamal Williams, for me, now this was another case of being the better all-around running back. Jamal Williams definitely isn't as explosive as Aaron Jones. There's no question about it. Even last year, as much as a Jamal Williams fan as I was and thinking that he could end up being the backfield and Aaron Jones kind of falling into that theoretic role, although I think Aaron Jones is better than theoretic, but falling into that role because that's just how they used him. Um, because the biggest issue with me is the fact that Aaron Jones is abysmal in pass blocking and Jamal Williams is actually very good. So it's not even the fact of like, okay, this guy's a little bit better. It's the fact that Aaron Jones sucks at it. And Jamal Williams is really good at it. So if you have Aaron Rodgers, you probably want the running back. And I'm sure that he would want the running back that he can trust to protect him in the backfield. You're right. The funny thing was, is he, he likes Aaron Jones more and you could see that. And so now The situation is fortunately cleared up because before we were going to talk about this two days ago, I was just taking whoever fell in me in drafts. And that was Jamal Williams so far because he was going after Aaron Jones. I was just like, you know what? When a situation is like this where we can say we know the talent and we could break it down and everything, but we don't know what the team is going to do because we don't. We can project as much as we want. Sometimes we don't know what the teams are going to do. And that's what happens in life. I'll take the person who costs less. I'll do that every time when it's a situation where we can't tell you what's going to happen. So in that case, that's why I was taking Jamal Lewis. Now, though... Jamal Williams, all his value is out the window because Jamal Williams is going to end. I'm in a slow draft, and we're happy to be sitting there in the fifth round, and guess who came off the board?
0: No, no, no. Are you serious? Jamal,
1: well, Look, fifth round, you could get a potential RB2 in Jamal Williams. That's the, here's the thing. If Jamal Williams performs well the first two weeks and continues to be, he's not, he's not going to not be the better pass blocker, and he performs well, Aaron Jones, does he
0: come back and get the starting job? No. Well, they're just going to split carries. It, it doesn't matter what happens. I think they're just going to split carries. That's what Green Bay always does, except the, the one year when Eddie Lacy was really good. I was getting so many shares of Aaron Jones, and then I realized, like, this is just going to be a split backfield. They're using Ty Montgomery, too.
1: Uh, see, that's the interesting thing, is before this, I actually thought they were going to use Ty Montgomery back at wide receiver some. Because they have okay, a, they have a deficiency yeah. there. They drafted some kids and Jamal Moore and the rest, but Geronimo Allison needs to step up this year. Randall Cobb's in a walking boot today, so I thought they could move him around the field. That being Ty Montgomery, but uh, I would look. I'm just telling you, I there's a scenario I see where Jamal Williams performs really well the first two weeks. Ty Montgomery's the okay. pass catcher and Aaron Jones comes back because the thing is, it's that's fair. You know, not punish him, put a punish him, but at the same time, it's kind of like, hey, why are we going to turn back to you when things are working anyway?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, You know, I'm wondering right now, if Ty Montgomery does move to wide receiver, is there a chance he's Aaron Rodgers number two?
1: Uh, there is definitively a chance of that happening, mostly because
0: Ooh, I ac- RB 44 right now, guys. Well,
1: and that's the thing. So I like Randall Cobb and where he's going in drafts right now. Randall Cobb is the de- as right now is the definitive number two. Randall Cobb. He's not. Is- no,
0: he's not on the field in wide, uh, two wide receiver sets. It's Jeronimo Allen. Well, that's
1: where I was going to go to. It, well, it depends on the formation, and that's where I was going to go for for the next step. You're you're jumping ahead of where i was going I, I was take you. <laughs> I was going to take you there down this nice little road and path and story of Randall Cobb. But I was going to go. Sorry, man. (laughs) Back to the days, and it's a few years ago now, but Randall Cobb was a fringe wide receiver one. You know, this team can support two wide receiver ones. We've seen it before, if Randall Cobb is a true number two. But to your point, if you're talking about two wides being set wide, so basically wide receivers being set wide, just call them wide outs, that's better, is yes, Randall Cobb's usually not on the field, and they're going to have Allison out there. But if they run and they offset with him, then you can still get him on. So he can be out there in two, but you do have that concern and if this injury, now he's been hurt, banged up at least for the past two years, now going into the third year. If that's the scenario and you want somebody to spell him or even play that slot receiver role, I mean, it could be Ty McCormick. That's where he
0: originally started. The last time that him and Aaron Rodgers were healthy together, 202 fantasy points. I understand it was four years ago, but that upside, he can get close to that. If he plays a full season and Aaron Rodgers is healthy, that is really interesting. If there
1: was one thing... I, you know, there's a lot of things I would love to know before the season starts, but I would just if you told me who is Aaron Rodgers' number two wide receiver this year, he would be on every single one of my teams.
0: Yep, yep, completely agree with you. All right, let's uh, move on over to wide receiver now. I want to start with Juju Smith Schuster, and his ADP is through the roof. I'm not sure I buy it. I, I love the talent, I love the person, but um, there's just so many mouths to feed there.
1: And that's the issue. At, at best case scenario, any given week, Juju Smith-Schuster is the third option in the passing game. Best case scenario, you're never going to be the better option than Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown. That's just the fact. That's what you have to deal with with the Steelers. At the same time, we've seen what the third wide receiver, or the third option, second wide receiver can be on this team. And at the end of the year. He'll have wide receiver two numbers. if He plays 16 games, and Ben Roethlisberger plays 16 games. But it's the Deshaun Jackson in his prime issue. It's the week-to-week consistency is going to be frustrating. You're going Mm -hmm. to get four or five games with your thrilled with the output, probably even putting up wide receiver one-type numbers. You're going to get another four to five games where he's not even startable, and those are probably coming on the road with Ben Roethlisberger's performances on the road. And then you're going to get the rest of the season, which is just like, oh, okay, he was basically a wide receiver three. If you want him as your wide receiver three because of that volatility, that's fine. The problem to what you just said is he's not going as such. He's going as a top end wide receiver two. I've seen him going in the fourth
0: round so far, and there's no way on earth I'm paying that price. Come on, people, don't do that. Let me ask you this, okay? I, obviously, we're not going to bank on this, but I just want to know if Antonio Brown was to get hurt, where would Juju Smith-Schuster be? A top twelve wide receiver?
1: I think so. I think. I think
0: so too, man. I'd I'd rather have him than T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen.
1: The Fantasy Pros mock draft we're doing right now, he was the fourth pick, 17th wide receiver off the board in the fourth round.
0: Wow. Yeah, right ahead of Josh Gordon, and that's the guy that we're going to talk about next. Oh, you're the one that took Josh Gordon. Okay, yes. so let's hear what you have to say about him.
1: Uh, so, I am super excited about Josh Gordon this year. And to go back to that article I was talking about before, which I'm not going to give too much of it away. This is why, see, I'm going to sneak and you're going to have to go check the link. Uh, is Tyrod Taylor's play. <laughs> the narrative and the assumption with Tyrod Taylor is that he's a safe check down quarterback. That is incorrect.
0: That's just the Bills being idiots.
1: Oh, no, it's also just the fact that he doesn't have a lot of weapons and he throws to Charles Clay a lot because he was their second best option. uh, Sometimes their best option. (laughs) The one stat I'll give you from this write-up for Tyrod Taylor is the fact that he had a deeper A dot than Jay Cutler which everybody assumes that Jay Cutler's this big play. No yep. way. He yeah, had better at hey, 8.8 wow. to 8.6. So for everybody, and I bring up Jay Cutler because that's where Jarvis Landry played. And the whole point was Jarvis Landry is very reliant on production on how many targets he's getting. Josh Gordon is going to do a lot more with every single target he gets. Josh Gordon is going to score more touchdowns. I think everybody in fantasy would agree the outlier for Jarvis Landry in touchdowns was last year. So I'm looking at this, and Josh Gordon on this team is back to 100%, has time where he's now played last season and going into a season with some game back under his belt. Josh Gordon is – I have no problem been doing it for two months, and I know, like, I, I know people were already on the bandwagon because there's the Josh Gordon quote-unquote truthers for their entire career. But I am on the full bandwagon of Josh Gordon being inside almost wide receiver one territory and will be on Man. a ton of my teams.
0: Well, you know, Josh Gordon is one of the five most talented receivers in the NFL, and I love Tyrod Taylor. In fact, I like Baker Mayfield a ton. I'm not going to be surprised at all if Tyrod Taylor plays all 16 games because he's just that good and gives himself a huge contract.
1: There's a world we live in where Tyrod starts all 16 games, and there's a world we live in where, you know, Baker Mayfield starts 12 out of the 16, and neither would surprise me.
0: Tyrod Taylor has to be a starter in the NFL, though. He's been so good
1: I think it's the Kirk Cousins situation in a different way. Like I understand why the Redskins moved on from Kirk Cousins to not be their franchise because he's so aggressive and he ignores wide open people to throw into triple coverage. And it's like, a, <laughs> why do you want to invest in that as your future?
0: Tyrod's the opposite. Yeah,
1: and I think and you
0: can't win a Super Bowl with. That. And
1: I think that's the issue is like Tyrod Taylor's. Well, that's the you can win a Super Bowl with him. He, you're just not going to win a Super Bowl because of him. And I think that's the difference. Isn't yeah. the, you know, go back to like Trent Dilfer with the Ravens. The Ravens didn't win because Trent Dilfer. They won despite Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer was there for the ride.
0: So the next guy we're going to talk about actually went, we talked about Juju, and then Josh Gordon went next, and then Allen Robinson went right after that. So let's talk about Allen Robinson. I think that he is boom or bust. He was so good three years ago. The year after that, he was horrible. He was like wide receiver 34, and then last year he was hurt. He's coming off a major surgery. He's going to a new offense. Granted, Nagy's there, but so is Trubisky, and there's a lot of mouths to feed all of a sudden. I don't know what to make of Allen Robinson. I've just kind of been staying away from him.
1: Uh, So when people think Allen Robinson and the biggest fan of Allen Robinson in the fantasy industry, who do they think of? Matt Harmon, right? I mean, just. Oh, yeah, speak. of course. Okay. The problem was, I was screaming just as loud as Matt Harmon. I just don't, I just have a much smaller platform. I was with them the, <laughs> the entire way. Like, he and I talked about it, too. And I'll give full credit to Matt Harmon because the reception perception is an amazing work. And if anybody hasn't ever seen that, definitely check it out. And he went to another level with Alan Robinson. But I'm there with him. And I say that because you're talking to one of the biggest fans of Alan Robinson there are out there. So I might be a little bit colored. But at the same time, I also wrote an article back in February about Mitchell Trubisky being this year's Jared Goff. And where I said that could be the case is because if you look at what happened with Jared Goff, they gave him weapons. They gave him an obviously he had another year under his belt. The biggest thing though is he had wide receivers to throw to. He had a better backfield behind him with the uh, more so because Fisher was gone. But if you look at the Bears,
0: they brought in Whitworth.
1: Yeah, so exactly. So you know you have a good offensive line. and the Bears already had a good offensive line. So you bring in Allen Robinson, you bring in Taylor Gabriel, you bring in Trey Burton. You still have Howard, and Tariq Cohen in the backfield. You have the good offensive line.
0: Kevin White's back.
1: Right. So I think that Trubisky and Allen Robinson could both have a great season together and if so, Allen Robinson for me, I have him side the top fifteen. I think he goes over a okay. thousand yards just because also if you look at it, his target share should be around twenty three, twenty four percent for this team.
0: Okay. Right now his ADP is wide receiver eighteen. So yeah, you do have him quite a bit higher. Would you rather have him or Tyreek Hill, T Y Hilton? Uh, Amari Cooper?
1: Uh, so definitively over Hill and Cooper, and Cooper, not even a question. I, I am the last person you want to talk to about If you talk about Allen Robinson, I'm the exact opposite with Amari Cooper. Uh, t- oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's, okay. okay. Well, I'll tell you real quickly. Um, and then T.Y. Hilton, I, I have higher than, I have T.Y. Hilton, because that's the optimism that Andrew Luck plays 16 games. If Andrew Luck plays 16 games, T.Y. Hilton's a top 10 wide receiver. There's not even a question. D- they done. Uh, Amari yeah, Cooper... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My issue with Amari Cooper and he's still young and he can still change, but it's not just the drops, it's just the consistency of him as a whole. I mean he is I, I joked about it last year and I was saying he was a poor man's brand of cooks and everybody told me I was bat, you know what, crazy. And look what happened. He was a poor man's brand of cooks. That's just who he is. is he'll get everybody gets enticed by these two hundred yard one touchdown games or 150 yards, two yeah. touchdowns. Those happen... Two times a year, maybe. Amari Cooper is kind of like Jared Cook now. He shows up three or four times, and the rest of the year, you're searching through the woods trying to figure out where the hell he went. And that's the problem. It's like, I have no issue with him and his talent, his consistency, including his own issues when it comes to drops, when it comes to basically his attention span in the game and could lead to some concentration drops. And the fact that, not last year but the year before, he had eight targets inside the red zone and only caught one. And I know that wasn't all Derek Carr. Uh, it's just that's why I can't get on board with Amari Cooper.
0: He's ADP 13 for wide receivers right now. And uh, Brandon Cooks is, like you said, Brandon Cooks is the better version of him. He's ADP 17. ECR 22, I don't understand that. Uh, and then Marvin Jones, ADP 25. He was the best of them all last season. And he's the same oh, type of player. Take, just going to have some big I'll games. I'll
1: take Marvin Jones over both of them.
0: Whoa, man. No problem. Wow. All right.
1: I, I'm actually off Brandon Cooks again this year, too. Or not again, but Are you? now okay. this year. Because, well, sh- I hate strength of schedule. It's fool's errands to do. And especially, I mean, the perfect example is you can look at last year and say, oh, look, the Falcons faced the Saints twice at the end of the year. That's a great playoff schedule. Exactly. Nope. Yep. <laughs> it was not. And so the fact is, is strength of schedule. But you can do strength of opponent, which is what I try to get people to turn to. And you look at the matchups. The problem with, and I wrote about this one, too, with Brandon Cooks, is he actually, Actually, faces the toughest slate of corners. And I know if before anybody out there starts tweeting you, you and me both and come after me and stuff like this, I even say it in the article not every single one of them is going to shadow Brandon Cooks in some play sides of the field, but it's still. At least half of the game, he's going to see them. It's still a tougher schedule than anybody. Like, if you see somebody who, you know, plays 50% of the snaps against the receiver he's top five corner in the league versus, you know, the 35th corner who sees him the entire game, you're still going to be more scared about seeing the guy for half the game. Like, if that's just a fact. So in any case, that being said, the slate of corners he faces this year, Brandon Cooks, as of today on paper, he has 12 guys inside the top 50 for pro football focus, seven inside the top 10 four inside he has four of the top five quarters that he has to face this year
0: that sucks that really sucks I've been drafting I've been drafting Brandon Cooks all over the place that sucks I'm glad you told me though thank you for telling Payment
1: me to Robert Woods that's why I'm, he's got the easy slate
0: well do you think that there's a chance that they'll shadow Robert Woods since he was so good last year uh,
1: I don't think so I I honestly don't know that you get I mean they
0: kept shadowing Sammy Watkins even though he did nothing
1: I think that's a talent-based situation though like I if you I'm still taking Watkins talent over Woods every single day of the week.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely am too. Somebody else that was shadowed by I think the hardest schedule last year of anybody, even over Des Bryant, was Josh Doxson. And he was a little bit he was alright against that. Strength of schedule's not great this year, but it's so much better than last year. He's got a lot of talent. And I'm drafting Jameson Crowder everywhere, so I don't have many shares of Josh Doxson, but I like Josh Doxson.
1: Yeah, it's funny. You keep pulling all these. This is funny. It's like, I feel like you almost read everything I wrote already so far because, (laughs) well, because I have a stat for Josh Doxson too. It's just, I love it. And the fact is with Josh Doxson last year is he was 21st in red zone targets. That's for the entire season.
0: Seventh over the final eight games. Josh Doxson doesn't get separation. Alex Smith lives on separation
1: it, it does but josh Doxon is also their biggest red zone threat right now unless it's paul richardson it's not going to be jameson crowder it's going to so the reason i brought that up is because more so the second half is josh Doxon's still a terrific weapon and if he's going to be the main red zone threat or not the alex smith that is a, there's another one Is it's it? either
0: him or jordan reed if jordan reed's healthy i think it's jordan reed
1: if if that's that's the biggest that there might be <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, so so are you drafting Josh Doxson quite a bit this season then?
1: I do have a decent amount of shares of Josh Doxson because people, you know, every, I've actually seen Paul Richardson go ahead of him in some
0: drafts. I guess he shouldn't have been on this podcast, like, because his ADP is wide receiver 55. Like, he's pretty much going undrafted. There's uh, Cam Meredith is going ahead of him, Mike Williams, Martavis Bryant is going ahead of Josh Jackson, so he's not really, you can't really bust if you're going at that rate, but, you know, I've got him up at, like, wide receiver 40, so I thought, you know, this is kind of a boomer bust pick for me.
1: Yeah, apparently, like, not, not, hey, you know what, I'll I have no problem, let him, I'll take him as my last wide receiver. Don't don't say anything, just leave him, let him out there for yeah. us, because, <laughs> because I just said, the Mike Williams thing annoys me, because Mike Williams was the guy that was like, oh, I'm going to own oh, Mike Williams, I don't care. People forget so quickly. It's the last year's trash. It's the fact that they got burned. They don't want to go back to players. People forgot Mike Williams was some people. I wasn't one of the ones, but some people were arguing for him to be the best wide receiver in last year's draft class. And then he misses the season, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, whatever, Mike Williams. Like, forget. Hey, guess what? This guy is still the second-best wide receiver on this team in pure talent. And now Hunter
0: Henry's gone. And that's
1: why I'm annoyed. Is because before Hunter Henry got hurt, everybody was still ignoring him. And I was like, Mike Williams in the 14th round every single time. Click, 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 click. And then Hunter Henry gets hurt. And everybody's like, oh, well, somebody needs to catch touchdowns. It's going to be Mike Williams. Like, Ah! Fine, but he's still going to the discount. I will still taking him where he's going.
0: I, I still like him, too. And I got all the shares of him in best ball before Hunter Henry got hurt. Of course, I had Hunter Henry, too, so it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, I have, I have Mike Williams inside my top, I think, 45, 50
0: already. Sweet. Yeah, I, li- I like him there as well. Uh, let's go to high upside wide receivers, younger guys. Uh, And then we'll move on over to tight end. One of them you just drafted, so I'm assuming you're really high on Corey Davis. What do you think about him and Devontae Parker?
1: Yeah, so way in on Corey Davis, way off of Devontae Parker. And mostly because of the price. I think they're pretty close in price. And the fact is, Corey Davis' talent... Is undeniable. I said that he's got Terrell Owens' ability. Whether or not he gets that is a huge question, and to even get thats the, a good comp. I was going to say, yeah, that's what I'm, people want comps. But then the problem is people want comps and then think that you're saying that he's that guy. Like to say anybody is Terrell Owens—he's one of the best. Yeah, He's
0: got shades of Terrell yes. Owens, and you can't say that about many guys. No,
1: but is he going to be one of the best three wide receivers in the history of football? Probably not. But got, <laughs> but the fact is, you know, there wasn't a lot of time for him to build rapport last year because both he and Mariano. We're getting hurt and missed like missed tons of time working together before the season. Never really got on track during the season, and then it gets hurt again. So Corey Davis, 100% entire offseason working with Mariota. They're getting rid of this you know exotic Smash Mouth nonsense, and they're bringing in oh look Lefleur who just came from the Renaissance emergence of the Rams offense. So I think that you're looking at Corey Davis. Top 25 potential, and I'll draft him and put him as such this year. I actually have a 27 just outside of it, around 900 yards and six touchdowns, and that might even be underselling it. Devontae Parker is just like, are we doing this again? Like, how many times do we have to bang our heads?
0: I'm doing it, baby.
1: uh, Jarvis Landry's gone. You know what? Who's been the better wide receiver, Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills for the past three seasons?
0: With Ryan Tannehill over his last 16 games with Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker had top 20 wide receiver stats.
1: And Kenny Stills has been the better wide receiver for the past three seasons. Yeah,
0: he has. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of Kenny Stills, too. So that's the issue. I mean, both these guys. Tannehill, if he's healthy, he's going to throw for 4,000 yards. That's what Tannehill does. Parker and Stills are—I don't trust Albert Wilson or Danny Amendola at all. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, I just—I don't trust Devontae Parker. So, uh, you know, I'll take him as my fourth wide receiver, but that means I'm not getting him because he's not even going close to that.
0: Yeah, other guys going in his territory. I mean, I I would rather have Devontae Parker. I'm not really reaching for him like Tags is. Tags loves Devontae Parker this year. I am reaching a little bit for Corey Davis, though,
1: he took about his wide receiver thirty two. I'm not. There's no way.
0: Did he really? Okay. Yeah. That's uh, That's a little bit too high for me. Once you get past the uh, the Golden Tate, Demarius Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald range, I love getting those safe guys. After that, I'm going all high upside wide receivers like Corey Davis.
1: I don't mind that at all because the easiest thing to find during the season is wide receivers.
0: Exactly. Yep. That's exactly my point. So you know, I want to ask you about Jordy Nelson too. I'm sorry. I just this this was kind of an important one to me. I shouldn't have saved him for last, but Jordy Nelson, I think he could be really good in the slot. He was horrible last year, but let's not forget just how good this guy was just two years ago. I'm not buying
1: it. Only as of today, depending on what happens, because now it's looking like, is Martavis Bryant going to play? Like I, I kind of feel like he is all of a sudden because if they really had something, I don't see why they announced that or that news breaks and then there isn't a suspension following that up pretty quickly. It's not like the NFL sits around and it's like, oh, well, we're going to wait three months to suspend you. Like the, I don't understand what's going on with Martavis Bryant right now. So my bold prediction initially was Martavis Bryant outscores Jordy Nelson this year because... What I said about Jordy Nelson is the dude basically fell off the cliff, hit every damn rock on the way down, and then burst into a cloud of smoke and fire at the bottom. <laughs> like he is beyond toast. The
0: guy—he was so bad last year, and
1: so miserable. And if you look at the fact those the first four games with Aaron Rodgers, okay, that's fine. Six touchdowns. He still never got over seventy yards. That, that's the biggest issue is he still wasn't putting up the yards because he doesn't separate anymore. He's kind of lost basically everything that he's had. And then if you talk about after week six. He never topped 35 yards. 35. And I know the quarterbacks he was playing with. But at the same time, if you can't even do better than that as the second option, which you're supposed to be the second option behind Devontae Adams for that team, that tells me a lot.
0: You're basically just Dante Moncrief at this point.
1: Uh, even worse. <laughs>
0: he had, And he had at
1: least four targets in every single game from that point on, and still only 35 yards. So... You know what? Is there a scenario where Jordy Nelson finds a little bit of life at the end of his career and maybe because John Grunin comes in and wants to play 2003 football that it's, it's done? <laughs>
0: Probably. <laughs> maybe,
1: but I, if you gave me the odds on it, it's 10%. And if it happens, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to miss out on it. There's enough people in every single draft I've been in who are like you who are optimistic. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm
0: not. Uh, I, I'm interested. I have zero shares of Jordy Nelson right now. His ADP is 36. Like, no way. That's insane. Yeah, and ECR has him at 42, so the experts being that much insane. lower. That that should tell you, yeah, I think that's too high as well. But I'm interested. If Martavis Bryant gets suspended, I, I might get a share too.
1: I have Jordy Nelson at 54.
0: 54, okay. Okay, let's go tight ends now. And we already mentioned a couple of these guys. Evan Ingram, uh, O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard was so much more efficient than Evan Ingram. In fact, his stats were almost as good, even though he played like half as many not quite half as many steps a little bit more than that but um i like oj howard there is no chance i am gonna get any evan ingram shares (laughs) for a while he was going as the tight end four I've got him as tight end nine.
1: Uh, I I have him higher. I actually I have him as tight end six. Uh, the biggest to go back to what we said earlier, the pot,
0: pi- which is still lower than consensus. Right,
1: the pie. I actually have him for very similar numbers to last year. Because to go back to my whole pie thing, which everybody's probably getting hungry now, is the the pie <laughs> can get bigger. And Evan Ingram's share can shrink but still end up being the same size as last year, if everybody understands. It's very simple to say. It's like if the pie was the same as it was last year and his portion shrinks, obviously he's going to take a step back. With I think it.
0: it helps if you talk about pizza instead of, of, instead of a pie. Yeah.
1: So you go from a small pizza to a large pizza? And this, you know, now that we sliced it into twelve instead of eight, so there you go. You're still getting the same amount of pizza. It's just
0: see that makes more sense to me.
1: Either way, you're getting hungry. I mean, that's really what, uh-huh. it, and then a lot of carbs. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But the fact is, and that's why I'm on Emin Ingram because again, I have him for very similar numbers to last year, and that's with the increase and in the improvement of Eli Manning. Unless you know, also remember that Eli Manning has been miserable, so there's a chance that the pie doesn't get bigger.
0: Well, plus, I mean, I- I- Ingram's a second-year player like who's to say he's not going to get better who's to say he's not going to get more efficient he's not going to be better than uh than Shepard like Ingram play outside too I think Shepard by the way
1: I think Shepard's vastly underrated
0: underrated okay
1: but you look at it Evan Ingram barely just barely over 50 percent of his catches last year I mean there's a there's a chance he like I said you give him so he had 150 targets 115 targets and 64 receptions last year you drop him down to hundred targets. He can still catch sixty-four passes if he becomes more, if he grows as a player and becomes more efficient. So that's that's again to go back to what I'm
0: saying. Well, also defenses had like eleven players on him because he was their only guy. I mean, they were. Who were they starting? Some guys I've never heard of. Roger Lewis.
1: Hey, I liked Roger Lewis. I was a, fan, okay. <laughs> I, was a I was a fan of Roger Lewis. I was I was pulling for Roger Lewis because he was somebody that got his. He's got a backstory.
0: I was just hoping he didn't get hurt like everybody else.
1: No, but like Khalif Raymond, like that's how far they were digging into that pool last year. And uh, Travis Rudolph. They, see, you, here's the one thing I will say about the Giants' wide receivers last year: a couple of really good stories. Rudolph was the one that sat with the autistic kid at lunch, and then Roger Lewis had some off-the-field issues growing up that he, you said
0: these guys live straight. So they had some stories with their receivers at least last year. What about Trey Burton? Tags is so excited about this Bears passing attack and Trey Burton and Allen Robinson and all these guys. He's drafting all of them. I can't do Trey Burton. I, I know he was really efficient last year, but with Allen Robinson coming in and him learning a new offense and um, you know Mitch Trubisky and just not, I don't think being a great quarterback, I understand the Jared Goff comparisons, but I just, I'm not, I'm not doing Trey Burton.
1: You know, he just took Trey Burton in our fantasy pros mock, right? <laughs> I'm
0: not surprised at all. In fact, he probably, it was probably like in the first uh, round.
1: Eighth round, tight end nine. So. That's where I'll say, you know what?
0: That's fine. Exactly. That's not too I bad. don't have
1: a problem with that. Hey, I'm up. Hey, you are up. Oh, there you go. You can make a live pick on air. <laughs> like, I don't have a problem with Trey Burton there. Where I have the problem with Trey Burton was he starts going tight end seven off the board, and you're taking him in front of Kyle Rudolph and in front of Jimmy Graham. And that's that's my issue with Trey Burton is don't it goes back to don't buy all the risk. If Trey Burton's best case scenario this season is probably tight end 6 or 7. Like he's not going to break into that top 4. I don't know. Maybe there's you know what? Maybe there is even a scenario where it gets to tight end 5. The problem is is don't take him as such and then now you have to have him be everything you hope he can be. So that's more, and I'm just, even with all that said, I'm not taking him ahead of Kyle Rudolph, who Kyle Rudolph just two years ago was number two. And yes, Gronkowski was hurt that year, but let's take those numbers from last year, and guess what? With Gronkowski healthy, he's still tight end three. Kyle Rudolph is a top eight tight end who came off a tight end two season just two years ago. Don't take him in front of him. Don't take him in front of Jimmy Graham, despite the fact of trying to bank on touchdowns. He's still, I'm not going to take him in front of Jimmy Graham playing with Aaron Rodgers. Let's say Aaron Rodgers and Mitch Trubisky. Pretty sure everybody's taking Aaron Rodgers in that situation. So that's my issue. (laughs) Maybe not Tags. No. Actually,
0: you know what? Tags is right. Tags says Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. So it's Aaron Rodgers number one, Mitch Trubisky number two. Uh,
1: So Aaron Rodgers is a little drunk.
0: (laughs) I've got Kyle Rudolph as my number five tight end, Delaney Walker number six. Um, No shares of Graham Ingram. I've got a couple of Burton, but uh, like I said, I like him at that 9-10 range. It's fine. Um, Final guy, O.J. Howard. What do you think about him? So
1: O.J. Howard's going to be frustrating, uh, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately because I'm going to say the same thing I said about him coming out of the draft last year. Great all-around tight end. Has the potential to be a top-five tight end in the league. But the issue is Cameron Bray is going to kill his value for fantasy purposes. Because if you look
0: at— Jameis Winston loves Cameron Bray. And
1: it's not even that. The honest truth, and the same thing I said coming out of college, the honest truth about it is Cameron Brate is the better receiver than O.J. Howard. And that's not a slight to O.J. Howard. He's a great he's a very good wide receiver. He's just not as good as Cameron Brate. The also the other problem is O.J. Howard is the better blocker. That's no question about it because he's a great all-around tight end. He's actually one of the better blocking tight ends. The problem is is when you are the better blocking tight ends in two tight end sets, You're going to be the one asked to stay in line at the line of scrimmage blocking while the other one goes out for a route. And that's the downside to OJ Howard is it's not just the snap counts. It's the pass run route issue that I have is I think they're still going to fall into similar opportunities, even if O.J. Howard is on the field more, because I think when they're both on the field, you're going to see O.J. Howard unfortunately blocking. The only upside I will say here is this news with Jameis Winston being suspended, Ryan Fitzpatrick actually loved O.J. Howard. so Maybe the one scenario you can hope for, and this is why you take a flyer on O.J. Howard late in drafts, is if Fitzpatrick and him connect as they did last year, and he comes out of the gate strong those first three weeks, and the team says, you know what, we got to stop wasting our best talent. Then we see some more of O.J. Howard.
0: I, I could see both of them being top 15 tight ends because I like them both a lot. They're both uh, great weapons. I've got a stat for you, though, about O.J. Howard, okay? Over the final eight weeks of the season, he was fourth in fantasy points per game for tight ends. Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, Garrett Selick, and then O.J. Howard. I couldn't believe Garrett Selleck. Garrett Selleck, come on. Which really surprised me. I had no idea he was that good at the end of the season.
1: No, it was the, it was the usage. That was the snap counts I was talking about.
0: Hey, by the way, I just got Russell Wilson at the end of the eighth round. I know everyone's like loving, waiting on on quarterbacks in these expert leagues, but like Russell Wilson at the end of the eighth? I'm sitting in this draft that we're doing together, and I almost took the Sean Watson,
1: but it was the fact that Kyle Rudolph was there, and I was like, because I know who I'm... Dra- oh, you're the one that
0: took yeah. Rudolph. I was going to take him, you turn.
1: That's the thing. I know who I'm drafting with, and I know quarterbacks are going to continue to slide and I I know there's a really good chance that Carson Wentz might swing back to me in the ninth round
0: oh he'll be there he'll be there for sure actually you know what since you took Kyle Rudolph I think I'm going to take him and then just have two quarterbacks and make you mad.
1: I had somebody the other day, we were doing a mock draft for Roto Experts, and it was live on air, and I wore my Saquon Barkley jersey already because I'm a Giants fan, and somebody with the third pick was like, I'm taking Saquon Barkley just to screw over Jake. And I was like, good, do it, please. Like, I love Saquon Barkley, but I'm not going to make a stupid pick and take him (laughs) just to screw somebody else over. So I always say, when people want to do that, I'll show up to my home draft with my Barkley jersey, and we have an auction league. If someone wants to pay $65 to make sure that I don't get him, please do. Waste your money. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool.
0: Where where do you have Barkley? So you're number four overall player. I, I think I'd take him. I can't decide if I'd take him or Antonio Brown number four right now.
1: Overall in PPR, I do buy projections, and I think that's obviously what's helped with my accuracy. Overall projections, I have them at eighth. Two different things, though, and this is what I try to tell everybody all the time. Especially, like, also if you look at my rankings, and if I have somebody that's five rounds higher in ADP, like, I'm trying to think of somebody off the top, like even Rashad Penny, two rounds over his ADP. That doesn't mean you have to take them where I rank them. You can, you just know that, hey, guess what? I can get this guy as a value, maybe I take him one round earlier than ADP. So all that being said, the reverse is the case with Saquon Barkley. I have at 8th overall. That's behind Hopkins, that's behind Antonio Brown, but if I'm on the board even in PPR and I'm at the 6th pick and or even the 5th pick and Antonio Brown's still there, I'll take Barkley because I want my bell cow running back. I've always been bell cow running back and I'm going to continue to always be bell cow running back because those first two rounds, if you don't have one, you're just at a deficiency of everybody else. And it can work, everybody out there, it can work. You're just adding a lot more risk by not getting one.
0: Agree. Yeah, and you know what? I said I was taking him number four. I'm wrong. I was. I have number five, uh, David Johnson, barely ahead of Barkley. Yeah,
1: that's who I took in the draft instead of when, when that guy took Barkley. I was like, all right, well, fine, I'll take David Johnson.
0: Yeah, yeah, for real. Who
1: could be the number one running back in football?
0: You know, a lot of people are taking Kamara or uh, Kareem Hunt, even DeAndre Hopkins ahead of him. Like, guys don't do that. Barkley's going to get at least 300 touches.
1: Well, people don't realize that backfield, as miserable as it was last year, and look at the options they were using with Orleans Darklaw and Wayne Gallman and all the rest, and they still ran for 1,600 yards. And Eli Manning is actually above he's above average by a good margin in targeting the running back last year when people think that he doesn't ever throw to the running back.
0: Barkley's got great hands to it. Wouldn't it surprise me if he gets 350 touches this year?
1: Uh, it wouldn't surprise me either, because if you're looking at this team, they need that weapon.
0: All right, Jake, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Congratulations on finishing number one again.
1: Oh, thank you very much.
0: All right, thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Make sure to check out what they have for you and sign up for the signed Keenan Allen powder blue jersey that Jake really wants. That's fantasypros.com slash contest. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your football.
1: I just wanted you to watch me just dissolve.